Welcome everybody. Uh, there isn't many of us today, but that's still good, um, especially as I know there's people uh, who will be watching online later. So, hey, Aruna. Um, so, today we're continuing our series in Romans. Who is the one? Yes, what, John? Well done. So, uh, if you've got a Bible with you, this is what we're looking at today. In Romans, we're looking at Romans 1, verses 11 to 12. And the title uh, that Andrew has given for this, which I had to work with, is What is Church? So, um, when you want to define something, where do you normally look? Wikipedia. Wikipedia, because Heather's cool in it. Uh, what if you don't look at, what's the other place you look? Google. Google. This is a really technical answer. A dictionary. A dictionary! Thank <laughs> you. I really wasn't expecting that, but so, yeah, fair. So, uh, a dictionary. So, what does the dictionary say church is? Um, pre- I looked at a few, and they all say, because uh, I've never Googled the dictionary, I've read all my dictionaries, because the internet's a thing. They all said things very similar to this. It's a church. Now, a building for public Christian worship, public worship of God, or a religious service in such a building to attend church regularly, the whole body of Christian believers, Christendom, any division of this body professing the same creed and acknowledging the same ecclesiastical authority, a Christian denomination, for example, the Methodist Church. So that is uh, the dictionary definition, as you will find if you Google it, uh, or look on Wikipedia. Um, or a fishery of some sort. So the problem I have with this is that three out of the four of these are wrong. <laughs> so, uh, you know, a church isn't a building, it's not a place or a time, and it's not a particular denomination. It is the whole body of Christian believers of Christendom, um, but it's not those other three things. So what is it? Uh, where does the term church come from in the Bible? It comes from a word called Ecclesia, which is a really nice sounding word, isn't it? I like that, Ecclesia. Um, and Ecclesia is a sort of mashup of two parts. You've got ek, which is uh, from to, so out from to. And then you've got uh, cleo, which is to call. So it's, if you mash them together, it's called out from to. Uh, which is why in the definition it says people called out from their homes into some public place and assembly. So it's the gathering of people is what the church is. It's a gathering of people that happens to happen usually in a building. It's not a building itself, it's not a denomination, not a particular service, it's just a gathering of God's people. And I really like this as well because you can look at that and think it's people who are called out from something into something. There's so many other things that as Christians we're called out from and into. So we're called out of the kingdom of the world into God's kingdom, called out of sin into salvation, called out of darkness into light. So there's so many it gets richer, sort of, in our understanding of what it means to be a Christian as well. So last week, Ryan uh, did what is a Christian, which is kind of helpful for this, sort of background. So he said, a Christian is three things. It's someone who prays, someone who's active, and someone who is fundamentally known by God and knows God. Ah, um, so how do Christians become the church? And it's kind of in what we've already said, so it's a gathering. So, if I mean, many of you know me quite well now. I think Heather might have guessed what words are about to appear on the screen in big letters because I'm a giant dork. It happens when you get Christians to assemble. No, 
assemble. <laughs> it's what happens when Christians gather together. It's the assembling of Christians at that point become the church. And I missed out a point, which is why there was a slide in the tweet. Because interestingly, which I really like, the church used to be called uh, Followers of the Way. Um, which I really like, because there's a show called The Mandalorian, and they're constantly going around going, this is the way. So I just like the idea of going around as a Christian going, this is the way. So that's why that was there, because it made me chuckle. Um, no other real reason. Uh, but yeah, it's when like God's people assemble. So church isn't just this meeting. Church is also our Bible studies on Zoom. Churches are prayer meetings, churches grabbing food with someone from the church, it's playing board games with people from the church, it's going for a walk with people from the church, it's, it's not just Sundays, you know, it's bigger than that, it's just any assembly of God's people that are people who are known by God that know God. So, it's all, the, all of the dots, so we have one dot for the single question, it's, it's the grouping, it's the collective uh, group of Christians. So, um, I hope that that makes sense. Everyone happy with that? Cool. Um, You know what makes understanding church really difficult? Christians. (laughs) Because what we do is we create labels for things. And we slap the word church on the side of every single building. So if you slap the word church on the side of every building, people are going to go, oh, that's what a church is. So of course people think of church in the building because we've got a million buildings with say church on the side of them. And our vocabulary, there's a million hope churches, I think those are probably the top three church names. I always find it hilarious when we go to something like New Day or like a New Frontiers event, how many churches are called Hope Church. Um, so, but yeah, 25 at the last New Day. 25 at the last, last New Day. Christians. Good at labelling, bad at being inventive. Um, but the thing is, is, it's confusing looking at that, isn't it? Because you end up thinking that church is a specific subset. And... When you talk to people, you can often say things like, oh, my church is like this. What's your church like? Oh, our church does things this way. How's your church? This is my church. And the problem with that is it's all a bit wrong. <laughs> it reminds me of, there's a great bit um, in Joshua where Joshua is about to go to war and go into a battle. And there's this angel that turns up. And he says to the angel, whose side are you on? Are you for us or against us? And the angel says, No. Because the question was so fundamentally wrong, the angel just said no. And I kind of feel a bit like that when people say, ah, what's your church like? Because I want to scream and say no, because fundamentally, it's his one church. It's not my church at all. It's God's church. When Jesus uh, talks to Peter and says, on you I will build, he doesn't say on you I will build many different churches. He says, I will build my church. It's God's church, his one church. Um, And... It, it, yeah, it just baffles me. There's this thing at the moment which I hope sounds really cool and hip. Uh, if you end up being a hip, <laughs> I've that word a lot recently, I don't know where it's coming from. Um, but if you become a, like a mega church, you can do this cool thing called multi site church. I'm like, that's just church. Church has always been multi site. That's exactly what church is. <laughs> It's always been multi-site. It's just where church, people, Christians gather, that is church. It's always been multi-site. And it's annoying. Um, but I know that you know when, when we die, we're not going to go to New Frontiers heaven. The Methodist down the road are going to go to Methodist heaven. The Baptist down the road are going to go to that's, We're all going to the same heaven. And you know how I know this? Because Revelation, it says, Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the Lamb has come and his bride has, been, has made herself ready. Important word in here? Bride. (laughs) 
is not brides. Jesus, not a big fan of polygamy. He wants his one bride. There's, you know, it's, it's, it's the one church, it's his church, it's not a building, it's not a place, it's the gathering of God's people, any gathering of God's people. Run over, shall we look at rooms? Okay, right. <laughs> so, that's, yeah, my mini rant over. We'll look at actually what it says in Romans. And after, so that's what I had in mind when I, I looked at Boy's Church before I even looked at the passage. I thought, these are the things that I can talk about that, you know, irritate me and I can rant about for ages. Um, then I looked at the passage, which says, I long to see you so that I may pass you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. And I read that. And for a moment, I thought Andrew had gone completely mad. <laughs> I looked at that and thought, what's that got to do with all the churches? What on earth is Andrew thinking? Um, this is just a guy wanting to go visit people. What has this got to do with church? Like, what? why? But, after looking at it further, I thought, actually, uh, like, I pulled out three things that I think are actually really relevant to being the church. I don't know if they're the things that Andrew saw at all. <laughs> the three things that I found in this. So there's three things that indicate to me from this passage sort of how the church functions, rather than necessarily what the church is. And I'm going to pick out three things that Paul says. So the first is, I long to see you. And I know that for many of us, the first lockdown, we felt this. <laughs> we felt this big time. Um, I remember when we were reading through Psalms, I think it was Psalm 24 or something, and it said about, David longing to be back in the temple with his people, praising God, and it broke me for like a week, because I just missed you guys. I missed gathering together and being with you, and it's this sort of natural thing for us as Christians to want to be together. When, you know, way back when, when God created Adam, he looked at Adam and went, nah, loneliness, not good, and created Eve. Loneliness has never been okay, and just... Through lockdown, if nothing else, I think we all very much realise that humans don't function well in isolation, but we do need each other, and you know, none of us, I don't think, have come out from it stronger, like mentally, maybe physically, because you know, we've got a dog, we've walked around a lot, but no, we haven't come out from it particularly well, uh, well, come through it, which is great, well done, uh, but yeah, we're not necessarily stronger than we were before, because it, it hit us, it took its toll, and yeah, that's a price, but... So, yeah, I long to see you. That makes sense to me. That, that is totally how I see church. Um, and I, I, is it next week we're off to see Kevin M? Yeah. Yeah, so we're off to see Kevin M uh, next week. And I feel that for Kevin M. They're my brothers and sisters in Christ, and I miss them. And I'm longing to see them. So I'm really looking forward to seeing them next week. Um, and what I really like about Christianity is that you have friends, brothers and sisters in Christ, that you would never usually know if it wasn't for the church. Because uh, C.S. Lewis has this great thing about friendship where he says, friendship happens at the moment where you turn to someone and say, what? You too? I thought it was just me. And it's this sort of shared sort of thing. Like, so in, in the workplace, it would be like, oh, well, for me anyway, it would be, oh, you like coding, I like coding, let's talk about coding for three hours. Um, or, oh, well, you, uh, you like the Mandalorian, I like the Mandalorian, let's talk about Mandalorian for three hours. I don't know why it has to be three hours very much. But <laughs> the point is, every person in this building can say, oh, look, you know Jesus. I know Jesus too. Isn't he great? Isn't he amazing? Let's talk about Jesus for apparently three hours. Um, but sermon's not that long. Sermon's right? not that long. <laughs> but 
you know, it's this whole sort of thing of, there's, there's people in this room, like you're all my friends, and I don't know if I would have met any of you before, I probably, no, no I wouldn't yeah. have met, I wouldn't have even met Heather, had it not been for, for Jesus, and I wouldn't have met any of you, and I would have been thriving your friendship, had it not been for Christ. So, I just think that's really cool, that the church is like that, that the church has brought together a load of people, a load of friends, family, who, we wouldn't know each other if we wasn't for Jesus, I think that's beautiful. So, that's point one, just this, we should be people who are longing to see each other, longing to hang out, have fun. Second bit is this. Paul says, so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. Paul had this desire to bless people within the church. He had this generous heart towards people. And he wanted to see the church full of spiritual gifts. And he says that through those spiritual gifts, the church would be strong as well. And he doesn't say it here, but I think it's kind of implied that you don't give your spiritual gifts and hope that they just sit there on a the shelf. Um, Paul's hoping that those spiritual gifts will be in use. It's like uh, you know, he's, he's gifting the church a, a set of weights, and they need to pick those up and use them to grow the strength, strength, to strengthy, strong, <laughs> strengthy, strong muscles. You know, if they just take those weights and put them on a shelf, they're not going to grow strong. They need to put those gifts into practice and to use them. And uh, 1 Corinthians 12, hopefully many of you will know, uh, talks about all kinds of spiritual gifts. I'll go into them. But there is a bit in 1 Corinthians 12 that I wanted to focus on, which is where it says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The gifts that we're given, the gifts that Paul wants the church to have, and not so they can feel good about themselves, that's so that they can bless the people around them. That's so that other people can do well from them having them. Um, and one thing really um, one thing uh, that sometimes concerns me is I can see people who get really wrapped up in that gifting, in that gifting becomes their identity. They'll become prophecy man or captain worship or Mr. Administrator, and they, 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 like, their whole identity will be wrapped up in that gifting. And that's really unhealthy, because you know what happens to Prophecy Man if he loses his voice? Or Captain America, Captain America, <laughs> when he breaks his guitar, or Mr. Administrator, if all of the paper clips in the world suddenly explode, those people, <laughs> those people end up having an identity crisis, because they put their identity in the gift that they have, rather than what they should have put their identity in, which is you are known and loved by God. You have been adopted into his family. And you know what? There's nothing that can break that. There's nothing that can absolutely shape that in any way. And that is a completely unshakable identity, which is really cool. So our gifts are there to help bless others, uh, not to give our lives value, uh, because we were valuable enough for Jesus to come and die for us before we were given those gifts. Before we were even born, Jesus has decided that we were valuable enough to come and die for. So that said, the church needs to be strong, uh, spiritual gifts need to be in action. Uh, for some reason though, people can often think of the church like this. Uh, my parents are going on a cruise very soon and it sounds amazing. Um, I'm not going with them. Maybe that will be well. But it's a place you go to relax, it's a place you go to get entertained, it's a place you go to get fed good food and it's a place where people take care of you. And I often get frustrated when people say, oh, I didn't get anything out of today's service, it didn't, didn't do anything for me. Like church is something that you consume rather than something you contribute to. When church really 
is more like a battleship where everyone in it has an important role to play for mission success. Everyone has a part to play, otherwise the ship wouldn't get anywhere, nothing would happen. And there's no part that's more important than any other. You can go, oh, the captain's the most important person on the ship. But if there's no other people on the ship, it's not going anywhere. And if the chefs aren't there, they're all going to starve to death. So every part, every role is important, and everybody has a part to play within a church to function well. And uh, at Gathering of Christians, the Maple Church here, has a mission in rebellion, and it's only going to succeed if everyone plays that part, if everyone takes the giftings that God has given them here and says, oh, God's given these to me for a reason, and puts them into practice, and fans into the flame the gift of God, and all that kind of stuff that we have talked about a lot recently. Um, but yeah, so we need to be people who are putting our gifting into use, people who acknowledge that we have gifts. Sometimes we can sort of put them away for some reason, and sometimes we need to dust things up and go, actually, but okay, this 20 years ago. This is quite nice. Um, so, yeah, point three. Oh, third thing that also the track was technical. That you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5 11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another. Hebrews 12 24 said, Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. The church should be a place full of encouragement. People going, Yes, well done, Daniel, good stepping. Yes. <laughs> um, and just, you know, sharing like good things and encouraging one another and saying, Yeah, great job, well done. Oh, I love that thing that you did or said or whatever. Yeah! <laughs> and it's interesting because it's not just encouragement generally in this passage, it's uh, encouraged by each other's faith. And what I really like about this is it's not just Paul saying, I'm a top pod leader dude, uh, church planter extraordinaire, I will come and encourage you. He says he wants to be mutually encouraged. He wants to encourage them, but he hopes that they will encourage him too. And often, I don't think this is the case in our church so much, but in other churches they can go to the leaders and say, well, you know, feed me pastor, um, encourage me pastor, but, but you know, they never actually take the time to encourage those people themselves. And actually, it's, it should be a church that's full of encouragement, period. No sort of hierarchy of encouragement, just everyone is encouraging and spurring on. So, last week I went to uh, my sister's chapel up the valleys, and she said something that I found really encouraging. So what I thought I'd do is I would share that thing that I found encouraging and see if it encourages you. Um, Andrew Thomas a few weeks ago said about ripples effect. Um, and I think we can do that with encouragement too. We can find here something encouraging and relate that encouraging thing and hopefully well, that will get shared and shared and shared and shared. And you know, people will be encouraged and ripples of encouragement and that would be great. So, uh, let me start by asking you a question or by a show of hands. Who knows that God loves everyone equally. That is a good show of hands. Hold on. Okay, cool. Right. Now let me ask you this question. What do you need to share this cake equally? Depends how many people are eating it. Okay, say there's four people eating it. A knife. Okay, a knife, yeah. How do you make sure it's equal? Get Ryan on it. You measure it, yes. Very good, Jenny. That is the ding ding ding, 10 points for Jenny. Um, so to make to share something equally, you need to be able to measure that thing. But God's love is immeasurable. So on that, so bear that in mind. 
Um, in Psalm 103, verse 11, it says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. So, if anyone fancies the challenge, um, I have this tape measure. So, you've got to go uh, as high as the heavens are above the earth, and uh, then you know, divide that by how many people are on the planet. Anyone fancy a challenge? No? No. no. See, it's impossible, isn't it? Because God's love is so un... Every time my tongue gets stuck at the back of my mouth, unfathomably big, it's huge, colossal, we can't comprehend it. And the thing about cake is, if you were to slice that into, say, four pieces, and take a slice out, there's only three pieces left. It diminishes as well. It's not just that it gets separated, it diminishes because you're taking away. But God's love doesn't diminish. It's not like when, you know, 500 years ago, when there were less people on the planet, God's love was distributed over fewer people. So those people were loved more by God than we are. No, God loves us just as much. And his love can't diminish. And it's massive and epic. And what I was thinking about, um, well, my, my sister talked about this and I applied it to this case, is that if me and Heather invited Ryan and Sarah around for dinner, and we had this cake, and we wanted to divide it, in the, oh, I was given the task of dividing this cake in a way that showed my love for my wife and my friends, I would not divide it equally. Because I know my wife is not a fan of blueberries. I know that Ryan would rather just scrap all that fruit nonsense and just have chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, raspberries get stuck in my teeth and annoy me, and yeah, so, actually, I'm a greedy pickle, so I've maybe had a slightly bigger piece. But the point is, actually, to show my love for those people, I would, like, separate that cake and mix it up in a slightly <laughs> different way, because my friends are unique, and my wife is unique, and because of that, I would express my love for them in a way that is unique. Yes, So, that's the point, really, is that God's, God, my sister's point was that God doesn't love everyone equally. God loves everyone uniquely. Um, and I was like, yeah! Yeah! Um, has anyone uh, read this book? Uh, the Five Love Languages? Anyone read that? Yeah. Yeah, so the idea of this is that um, when you uh, get married, everyone has this different love language. Some people will like to be told that they're doing a good job to feel loved. Some people will like to receive gifts to feel like they're loved. Uh, there's another three, I can't remember what um, <laughs> Oh, I probably sat on the front, to be fair. <laughs> okay. um, that's probably one of them. Pay attention to things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but the point is this God knows your love language. But not only that, He knows your love dialect. He knows your love vocabulary. He made you. He knows your innermost being. He formed you in the womb. He knows everything about you. Um, so if God wanted to show like giving love and blessing to Andrew Davis, you might get a letter through the door saying, God send, send you this, and it might be tickets for a Six Nations game. That came through my door, I couldn't care less. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it, I wouldn't feel loved by that, but because God knows who people are and how they feel loved, God's going to show that love to each of us in a slightly different way. There is one common way, you know, his son died for you, that's pretty much given across the board. But, God will express his love for you in different ways. And so I really like that as a thing. So I found that really encouraging. Did anyone else find that encouraging? 
general nodding. Yeah. So um, thanks, Nim. If you're watching. Um, so where to? Where do I start this up? What is church? <laughs> um, so church is firstly not a building, place, or time, and it's his one church. There's one church, and it's simply a gathering of God's people in whatever form that that takes. Part of one bride. So I, that's hopefully you knew a lot of that already, but I think it's nice to be reminded of it and think. Yeah, I'm a part of something. I'm part of his church. It's not my church or our church that we're building here. We're a part of building his church. We're a part of his mission. And it's just really encouraging. And so from all that, I thought, sounds like quite a practical thought, this. So I've come up with some challenges. So these are your three challenges to make. You are challenged to find someone and encourage them before you leave. Um, so I don't know that you know, if someone came up to me after and said, that's quite a good job, I quite like that, I would feel encouraged. When people say, oh, I love that song that you that's really good, I feel encouraged. It does people good. Um, and yeah, so maybe not me because I've given you that as an example, but encourage someone. Um, you can volunteer. So like uh, Paul, Paul wanted uh, gifts to be in use, maybe volunteer for something. Uh, put those gift things to use. There are so many things that need doing in the church. And I would encourage you to put those gifts into practice. If your gift is hospitality, then invite someone over for dinner. If you have a prophetic word, there's going to be like another four songs of worship or whatever in a minute. Bring it. Uh, maybe run away on your tea first, just to make sure it's not banana pants crazy. Um, maybe have a bit of. If you've got speaking to you and saying, oh, I really feel like this bit of scripture should be shared right now, you know, bring that, share that. Um, and then finally, uh, like I've shared uh, the thing that my sister shared last week that encouraged me, if something this week has happened and encouraged you, come up and share it. Um, share the, you know, whatever it was. If you know someone who's been healed, share that. If you've been healed, share that. If you've had an answer to prayer, share that. Um, anything that will just encourage us. Um, I know Andrew is actually really good at this. He'll get a message from someone and they'll say, oh, this crazy thing happened in this place and it was great. And he'll share that and then encourage all of us. So just that kind of thing. So it's kind of, I'm, I sort of invited a little bit almost of a free-for-all in the next four songs. Uh, but I, I'd encourage you as well is, this shouldn't just be a this week thing. This should be whenever we gather together, we should be looking to encourage one another um, to share things that will encourage us and spur us on and to put our giftings into use so that we are that you know, battleship where everyone is playing that part for mission success and not a cruise ship where we're all sat down and going, ah, but don't know what that's like. <laughs> but yeah, so that's your challenges. So we're going to have another few songs, and I would encourage you uh, to bring things that you have found encouraging. Um, yeah, maybe speak to Andrew T, and you can sort of filter you into some sort of thing. If, if I turn around while you watch, there's a massive queue of all of you here. That would be amazing. I would be totally right with that. And if at any point you think, hey John, can you just shut up so we can share our thing now? That's fine. There's nothing. I'll be quiet. Um, so, yeah. Is that cool? Awesome. So, yeah, we'll go back into some songs and I can't leave that up and using the wrong words because that would not go well. Need a second screen. <laughs>